Hi, and welcome to episode 66 of the iPhone Life podcast. We're here with special coverage of the Apple event that just took place earlier today. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher at iPhone Life. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor at iPhone Life. We did it, guys. Officially Apple Announcement Day. How are you feeling? I know. Definitely adrenaline's been running high here <laughs> as we've been uh, live tweeting and writing updates to post on our website. Um, I think it's been going great, though. Yeah, I mean, none of this stuff. There was a big leak over the weekend of iOS 11 details that pretty much told us everything they were going to announce, but it was still exciting. Yes. Yeah, it was a blast. It was a really great announcement. Yeah, uh, here at the office, we always get a bunch of pizzas, watch the announcement, uh, and have a blast here. So, and, and this year, our CTO made us really fancy dessert. What was it called? Anybody know? <laughs> Passet. Passet. Lemon Passet with Lemon berries. Passet. It was yes. really good. And so, moving right along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this episode, we're going to tell you everything that Apple announced. You probably already are aware of this, that Apple announced a new iPhone X, their premium model, an iPhone 8 and 8 Plus, and also a new cellular-enabled Apple Watch and a 4K Apple TV. So we have a lot to cover here. We'll give you the details of those updates and uh, let you know what we what we thought of those updates. And also, we're going to have our yearly David versus Sarah debate. David versus Sarah. <laughs> which I will win, as usual. <laughs> and this debate uh, this year will center around if you're upgrading to one of the new phones, should you update to the iPhone 8 or 8 Plus, or should you spend that extra money and get the iPhone 10? And so, you know, we do this each year because we know that all of you guys face a dilemma of uh, which one to buy, because it's not a small investment. It's especially this year, really not a small investment. I like know. $200 is the difference between the uh, base plus model phone and the base... 10 phone. Yeah. Yeah. And even though it is just 200, I mean, $200 is a lot, but hitting the $1,000 mark definitely feels intense. Yeah. You can buy a, a nice laptop for that yeah. much. Yeah. So the iPhone 10 is a big investment. Um, so yeah, we want to help you weigh the pros and cons and help you not get just caught up in the new buzz features and really know if these are going to make a difference in your life or not. So we'll be getting into all that and more. But first, we want to share with you our sponsor for this episode. We have two sponsors, and our first one is OtterBox. All right. Well, so one of the interesting developments, and we all saw this coming, but the new iPhones have a glass back mm. for the wireless charging. Mm -hmm. I have been a proponent for years of only putting a glass screen protector on the screen and, leave, and not using a case. Well, I am going to backpedal real quick from that one I with know. the glass back. Also, side note, I've now broken my screen a couple times, so I've already been backpedaling slowly over the last <laughs> six months on this. Uh, so everybody, and I mean everybody, is going to be in the market for a case. And the Autobox Universe series is a really great option if you're watching this. I'm holding it up right now. And what makes it so great is on the back, they have this little clip right here. If you're watching, you can see I can slide it out really easily and it has they worked with a whole host of third-party accessories that work with this so you can slide in a battery pack there to charge it you can do a wallet case if you're going out for the evening you can they worked with um camera manufacturers right. to have a, a lens all these different accessories and i have actually i have a um a tripod for, okay. like a camera tripod it's really 
Oh, that's and awesome. And what I love about these accessories, mm-hmm. so I'm just taking this over no, David, go ahead. but I'm a big fan of this case series, is that a lot of times when case makers make these cases, they come up with their own versions. Yes, exactly. But they're mm-hmm. not as good. And Otterbox skipped that and said, no, we're going to work with the manufacturers that have got this down that make the best versions of these mm-hmm. accessories and make them compatible with our cases so that you don't have to make do with some like second best version. Yeah, so and for example, for the awesome. for the battery yeah, pack, they partnered with Mophie, who's the industry leader in the battery packs. For the camera, they partnered with, help me with the name here. Or I'm A blanking couple on of it. people who I'm also blanking on. Really good companies, <laughs> industry leaders. Uh, so make sure you check this out. It's a really good option that allows you to integrate with a bunch of third-party accessories and a really solid protective case. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you're looking for an all-around protective case, basically any OtterBox case will do right. a good job. Like they're such an industry leader this way. Yes. And they have such a good range of sort of like really rugged-looking protective cases and also really fashionable-looking protective cases. So it's not like the days when if you wanted protection, you had to just stick with the like giant like utility looking case mm-hmm. you can actually get some really attractive fashionable cases side note and this totally. is this is not the and case sparkly. this is not the case we're promoting <laughs> today but the strata case the otterbox strata case is le- premium leather back and it's really beautiful so yeah. uh there's a lot of options out there for cases and otterbox is really a great option Yes. And, you know, we also want to do a quick plug for our tip of the day newsletter. This episode, we mainly just want to stick to the Apple announcement, but this is one that's particularly relevant because iOS 11 is coming out. September 19th. Yeah. So with our tip of the day newsletter, we send one video tip. We Sorry. We send one tip to you each day to your email inbox that teaches you something you can do with your phone. And this time of year, this newsletter is particularly invaluable because we'll teach you how to update to iOS 11, how to use the cool new features. You get a little tidbit each day. Um, so if you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can sign up for that. And we wanted to share the tip with you this week of how to update to iOS 11. Uh, you can't do this today because iOS 11 won't be available until September 19th. But it's still, you're probably wondering how to prep your phone, how to get ready for iOS 11, and we wanted to help you out with that. So uh, if you have an iPhone 5S or later, you are able to update to iOS 11. If you have an iPhone 5S, though, I don't know that I would recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> I would at least let other people try it first and see how it goes for them. Even yeah. with the 6, I think the same advice. Wait a week or two, see if the internet explodes with people with the 6 complaining about a slow phone, and mm. then upgrade. If you have the 7, or if you are lucky enough to get one of the new phones, then definitely upgrade. iOS 11 is going to be great. Yeah. And even sometimes it doesn't go well for the older phones, and then Apple will issue some like sort of small fix, update yeah. that will fix it. So so it's definitely worth waiting. Mm-hmm. And the new phones will actually ship with iOS 11, so you don't even have to worry about that. This is true. Um, so the first thing you want to do is back up your iPhone. So you want to make sure all of your data is safe on your phone. So you just can go into settings and then tap your Apple ID profile up at the top of the screen. Uh, go to iCloud and then iCloud Backup, and you'll have an option there to back up now. So make sure that is complete. You can also do an iTunes backup by plugging in your phone uh, to your MacBook or whatever laptop you have and backing up through iTunes that way. 
I usually like to use iCloud just because it's easier. It's way nicer. Yeah, I, I do iCloud too. Some people don't have enough iCloud storage. That's what I was just getting mm-hmm. ready to say. Which, you know, it's 99 cents a month for... For quite a bit, yeah. Right, yeah. and also uh, supposedly I've heard this rumor that iCloud will soon be able to be part of a family sharing plan. Cause, oh, cool. You know, I'm paying like $3 a month for my family to use iCloud sharing, mm. but each of us is not coming close to using the amount that I'm paying for. Mm-hmm. And if we could just have one, that would be great. Um, but it's really inexpensive. But on the other hand, if you really feel strongly about not paying that 99 cents a month, then iTunes, you'll have to do it on iTunes. But you have to make sure that you do that regularly, not just when you're updating your phone. Mm-hmm. And that's the advantage of iCloud. Well, and, right. and one yeah. other thing that happens every year when everybody goes to update is they run out of storage. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so a couple tips there, because first of all, when you download iOS 11, it's often a large file, two, three gigabytes. Just a quick clarification. Do you mean you run out of store iCloud storage or storage well, on I your mean actual both, device? both, actually. So okay. both of those two things happen. First of all, you go to download iOS 11, and it's two to three gigabytes, and you're cutting it close, and you don't right. have two, mm-hmm. to, three, two to three gigabytes itself. on your phone takes a certain amount of storage uh-huh. capacity which yeah it's not so the while ios 11 as a software might only take up a certain amount of storage capacity the process of installing it might require a larger amount of storage capacity to be free yes right the second thing that happens is exactly what you're saying they go to back up their phone before they update and they don't have enough space to back up and they haven't been backing up for a while uh-huh. um, so the way to handle this this is all sounding familiar yeah right <laughs> uh, the way to handle this is you go into settings you go into general and there's storage and icloud backup something called something similar to that at least and that'll show you which apps are taking up the most storage and you can kind of go and manually clear this out and you can do it for both your on phone storage and your iCloud storage. Mm -hmm. So definitely a process worth doing. A few tips here. Go ahead. As far as managing like figuring out how to do the backups if you don't already do it regularly, which you should be, and making sure you have enough storage on your iPhone in general, this is something you can do right away and it's a good idea. Start now. Yeah, don't like wait till you're trying to download it and get all frustrated and have things go wrong. Mm -hmm. Like get your phone ready now. Yeah. and, And then set a habit of backing your phone up regularly if you don't want to set auto iCloud backups then you need to make it a regular habit to back your phone up to iTunes like daily at least plug your phone into your (laughs) computer or at least once a week but come on you know like I make a lot of changes take a lot of pictures you want to be backing those things up don't lose them you never know when you're going to break your phone you're going to lose your phone it's going to get stolen you want to have a recent backup so definitely one of the biggest tips we give people make sure you have auto backup on and make right. sure you therefore are paying for extra storage or have enough storage on iCloud to do it. So a few tips to clear up storage. Number one, photos and videos take up a ton of storage. And so what that means is you can go in into your photo setting and you can optimize your photo so it's not storing as high resolution of right. a photo. Mm-hmm. It's basically a thumbprint of your photo is stored on your phone. And when you tap it, it pulls that off of iCloud mm-hmm. so you can view it. Um, yeah. But it can... I was looking at my phone today. If I turned that setting on, I would save 18 gigabytes. Yeah, it's a <laughs> lot. It's That's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah. Number two is videos. Videos take up the most. And oftentimes people will take a video. It'll be one or two minutes long. They'll forget they have it. And then they're running into storage problems. So go check yeah. your videos because <laughs> they take up a lot more space. Right. Um, we don't, we don't, don't have time this week for uh, complaints and learning. But a massive, massive complaint for Apple is that they don't allow you to store videos and 
uh, photos in the cloud, but not on your phone. Yeah. I know. This is the iCloud photo library downfall. Yes. I was actually just talking to a blogger today about he wanted to write an article about why he switched away from iCloud. And it started with the photos and videos thing, because if you want to delete those from mm-hmm. your phone, you're deleting them from iCloud too, and then yeah. you don't have them. Whereas if you're using a third-party cloud service, you don't have that issue. Google David, Photo. did you have any other tips for optimizing your storage? No, that's it. That's it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, also, there's a setting in Apple Music where you can – um, choose to optimize your music storage and any music you haven't listened to in a long time will it will stay in your music library but the download to your phone will be deleted so that it's not taking up storage awesome so if you optimize your storage and you back up to iCloud you're ready now to update to iOS 11 so all you do for that is go into settings general and then tap software update and there you'll see iOS 11 as an option to install once September 19th has rolled around. Um, And there you'll just have to go through a process of restarting your phone. Just follow the on-screen instructions. I think you need to be plugged in um, or have a certain battery level in order to do this. You need to be connected to Wi-Fi or plugged into iTunes. And and then you'll have to agree to the terms of service. And then it will like download the thing and then it will install – And mostly you just leave it alone and don't mess with it while that's happening. But it is a bit of a process, so I do recommend doing it when you have a little bit of time to kill. Don't do it when you're about to run off to work because it's really annoying to kind of get halfway through and have to leave and disconnect from Wi-Fi and reconnect later. It's just a hassle. Make sure your phone's charged too. Another nice thing about doing like the wireless um, updates is that you can agree to do the update and then set it to do it while it's plugged in and locked Mm -hmm. over Wi-Fi while you're sleeping. And then, but you will have to enter your passcode when you update your software. So make sure you know that. <laughs> make sure yes. you know your passcode. Yeah, it's a good thing to know. Tip so, of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is really helpful information, and you know, in the podcast, we're able to give you a little more context, which is nice for these for these tips of the things that you might run into along the way. Uh, if you go to iPhoneLife.com/slash/daily-tips, you can sign up for our daily tips newsletter. We'll also walk you through lots more things like. If you're running the iOS 11 beta, how to switch to the version of iOS 11, like all kinds of things mm-hmm. like that. So um, that sums up our daily tip. Uh, moving right along, we want to get into what Apple announced. I know all of you guys are wanting to uh, hear us break that out for you. Real quick before we get into that, we're coming out with an iOS 11 guide for the iPhone yes. Insider program. So this is our premium subscription. It, uh, it You get a in-depth video guides. You get daily video tips. You get collections. You get uh, Sarah over here will answer all of your iPhone and iOS 11 related questions. So now's mm-hmm. the time. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, holding out, make sure you go subscribe now so you can get everything you need to know about iOS 11, insider.iphonelife.com. And it's especially nice because um, if you're a little bit apprehensive about learning all these new features, with Insider, we have all video content for you. Mm-hmm. So you can watch, you can be on your device watching us go through all the new features visually so you can follow along and it makes it really easy and fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, let's get into the announcement. The first thing Apple announced was the Apple Watch Series 3 with cellular capabilities. I feel like Sarah totally called this one. She was the one around the office who was first saying that this was going to be happening. So are you excited? 
Um, I don't really care about the cellular <laughs> capability. Um, I was excited because I was like, I'm going to get the Series 2 because it will be less expensive. But of course, actually, there is no longer a Series 2. There's mm-hmm. just the Series 3, which is you can get a cellular model or a non-cellular model. And I'm excited about getting a new Apple Watch. I've, I have like... I don't even have a Series 1. I have the original Apple Watch. Me Wait, too. is that not the Series 1? It's yeah, Series it's 0? Last year yeah. when Apple released the Series 2, <laughs> they, they upgraded the processor uh, okay. in the original Apple Watch. So it's the and same, but it, it has a swim, better... It's like waterproof, like Right, yeah. So then what was better about the Series 2? I can't remember. I mean, it was faster and it, was, it has GPS. And I think it was more waterproof or something? Maybe? You can swim with it now. Um, so, you know, I wanted the Series 2, but to be honest, like... This original Apple Watch is still amazing as a fitness tracker and as, you know, it works so seamlessly. Like I I mentioned this in the last three podcasts, but I'm testing uh, fitness trackers and they're not comparable to the Apple Watch because they're fitness trackers and they're not smartwatches. But in terms of just like the seamlessness of using the Apple Watch, it's amazing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I never have connectivity issues. The notifications are beautiful. Like everything about it is just so much better just mm-hmm. as a fitness tracker and as a smartwatch and and this is the original i'm so excited to like upgrade and have yeah. it be faster and have gps and be able to once watch os4 comes out on the 19th i can have multiple playlists on my apple watch and i can build workouts that can because you know i i don't know about you guys but i don't just run i i'll like do run and do yoga or i'll you know like you can build mm-hmm. workouts that are contain more than one activity and i'm really excited about all this sarah doesn't just run she runs really hard (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, compared to you yeah this is true i thought apple mentioned that uh the heart rate sensor that's in the apple watch is the most used heart rate monitor in the world now yeah that's cool i mean they had some of their statistics you know they're very deliberately packaged to make Apple look good, but I still thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Also saying it's the most popular watch in the world now or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the Apple Watch Series 3 is $399. The pre-order starts September 15th, and it'll be available on the 22nd. Um, the non-cellular one is $329. Mm-hmm. And same pre-order and availability dates. But can, so, we, but can we talk about what Apple didn't talk about? Yes. They yeah. did not talk about battery life mm-hmm. for the Apple Watch, which there's so many new features in WatchOS 4, and I actually wrote an op-ed saying none of these are useful if the battery life doesn't improve. Yeah. So and I'm they kind didn't of even mention the battery, I'm which is like a very worried about common that. complaint. They also did not talk about the cellular plans. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that's not really their domain so much because that's what the, the you know David was pointing out. That's going to vary depending on your carrier. Mm-hmm. But it's still a big question mark to not even know a ballpark range of what we can expect here. Let me ask you guys this. Are, do either of you two plan on getting the cellular version? Obviously, we don't know the pricing yet, but given what we know, do you think you will or do you think you'll upgrade at all? Well, I, I'm upgrading, but okay. I don't know. Um, I I really haven't decided about the cellular version. I'll have to look into plans. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have teenagers on my plan, and so I already have a lot of data that I'm paying for. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I. I mean, at some point, you have to be like, why is my cell phone bill so high? I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I feel like the cellular version does it. While it does have some fitness 
um, features to it, such as I think there's more um, heart rate features. There's a I know, but that's for all of the Apple Watches. Right. There's an improved heart rate app. Really, this to me is this makes it more of a smartwatch. You can go places without your iPhone. Mm-hmm. You can make calls. You can receive notifications. You can play your whole Apple Music library. Right. You can stream music. Uh, yeah, straight podcasts, from. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it makes it much more of a standalone device. Now, I don't know how much that appeals to me personally, because while that was what I was first excited about the Apple Watch about, now I look at it much more as a fitness device for me. Mm-hmm. The Apple Watch has been really successful in getting me to want to work out, but the third-party apps have been slow, and I've found myself not necessarily wanting to be bombarded by all of my phone features and notifications and calls on my watch. Right. So therefore, Especially- I don't think that the cellular features are that exciting for me, even though I actually do think it really, it changes almost what's the primary function of the Apple Watch. Well, the thing is, like, the times when I would maybe want to be without my iPhone would be when I'm working out, and I don't want people to call me or text mm-hmm. me. I put my phone on Do Not Disturb. I'm very excited that Watch OS 4 will automatically enable that when I'm working out. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, it's still, you still can't have an Apple Watch completely independent of an iPhone, because mm-hmm. of the way it works with managing it through your phone. What about you? Well, to me, I love man- managing the notifications on my Apple Watch, so I don't view it primarily as a fitness device, but I mm. like having my phone in my pocket, being able to check my watch and see a notification, and decide right. whether or not I respond or not. So I really like that feature, but I don't feel the need to not have an iPhone with me. Uh, I think if I had it, I would use it. Uh, because it is nice sometimes to go out at night and just not have a phone and kind of di- disconnect a little bit, but not all the way. And it is nice to, uh, for when you're exercising, to not bring your phone and still have access to your full range of music. So it's I do get the benefit of it, but personally, I'm not willing to pay extra for it. I'd probably be right. willing to pay the extra for the upgraded phone, but it's going to be probably 10 to $15 a month right. for the data. I don't care enough. 90% of the time, I'm going to have my iPhone with me, mm-hmm. and I'm perfectly happy to not use it. I do think that I'm in the same boat as you, Sarah. I have the original Apple Watch. I'm ready for an upgrade. The processor is pretty slow on my Apple Watch relative to the new one. I like the waterproof feature, so I probably will upgrade, but I will not upgrade to the cellular. But I get if somebody wants it. Will you guys upgrade to the Series 1 or to the Series 3? Oh, the Non-cellular. Three. The 3. The, yeah. the faster processor and waterproof makes a really big difference and to GPS me. Yeah. Chip. yeah, and the GPS chip. Yeah. yeah, I think I agree with you guys. I actually might stick with my with my original one for a bit longer. Another thing I just thought of is that I actually don't really like to wear my Apple Watch out on the weekends because I don't feel like overall I think the Apple Watch is fine looking, mm-hmm. but I don't find it particularly stylish. Right. And I was actually a little surprised that Apple called attention to the fact that like they they're like we really struggled with fitting. Um, uh, what do you call the SIM so, card yeah. in there? And they end up doing a wireless SIM card because we didn't want it to look like a jail like bracelet or something. And I'm like, eh, already kind of is skirting that. <laughs> I don't know if you want to call attention to that because uh-huh. it is a little bulky looking and funny looking. So I don't know that I would want like the time where I'd want cellular would be on the weekends when I'm out. But I don't know that I want to wear my Apple Watch anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't always wear my Apple Watch when I'm, I feel like, if you tend to dress in a more masculine way, then it 
the Apple Watch fits with dressy clothes if you have the right band. Right, yeah. But if you have a more feminine style, then it's not going to – it doesn't work with a lot of clothes. Yeah. yeah. But it's really practical. <laughs> yeah. Just a few more stats here. Uh-huh. The dual-core processor on the Series 3 is 70% faster. Um the Siri can talk now. So uh-huh. before you would just see Siri's response written on your screen and now it can respond to you, um, which is both a benefit and, and a, you know, that could be a double-edged yeah. sword there. Um, 50% more power efficient for connecting to Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm curious still how that's going to affect the battery, all these extra things that the mm-hmm. Series 3 cellulars can do. I'm a little worried. Yeah, I mean, I, I charge my – anytime I do a workout, I, I have to charge my, my watch again. I mean, I, I can track a fitness workout on the original Apple Watch. I don't know what the battery life is like on the newer ones for two hours, and then I have to recharge. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it's bad. Okay, so the next thing Apple announced was the 4K Apple TV. Yes. What do you – were you guys excited about this announcement? I don't have a 4K TV, so I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not known for having the fanciest TV. I do have a flat screen TV, and I, I'm excited to pay $149 for the non-4K Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, this is some, like one of those updates that I think it's good Apple's doing it. Um, 4K will be, at some point, ubiquitous, like probably as people update their devices. Like when it comes time to buy a new TV, more and more people will be buying 4K TVs. Um, all of the major movie houses are now starting to offer 4K, but that's still a slow process. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for now, you're paying for a new Apple TV for something that's not going to be an immediate benefit for all of the content you're watching. Yeah. So I would like want to wait a couple of years before worrying about that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that this is one of those updates that Apple is essential for Apple as a business strategy, but is a little bit more about future-proofing the Apple TV than it is about right now. Because Mm -hmm. it is early days. Most people don't have 4K TVs. Most content is not in 4K. And so it's not particularly exciting right now. But we are moving in that direction. 4K does look a lot better. And so I'm excited about the direction of the industry. I'm glad that Apple is supporting that. And we're moving in that direction as an industry. Personally, I don't particularly care. Uh, if I were to buy an Apple TV, if I didn't have one, I might consider buying this one to future-proof a little bit uh, because I do think in the next couple of years, most things will be start to become 4K. But certainly if you have an Apple TV, the latest version of the Apple TV, you don't need to upgrade. Uh, yeah. And if you are not somebody who cares that much, if you don't plan on being one of the early adopters on 4K, then even then you could just save a little money and buy an, a new one. Yeah, and so this Apple TV has 4K, also HDR2. So uh, Apple explained it that 4K is all about the number of pixels and HDR is about the quality of the pixels. Mm-hmm. So like the demos they gave, it did look pretty incredible. Yeah, uh, it's always it's, like, it's always ironic though because they give demos and then we're watching it on our TV and our TV is not 4K. So we just have to kind of take their word for it. Yeah, <laughs> and you wonder like what they've done to try to compensate yeah. for that so that we see it in a way that looks cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they start at 149. The different uh, the 149 is the non 4K Apple TV. Oh, okay. Then I've got 179 and 199. Right for I think 64 gigabytes of storage and 128 gigabytes. I can't remember. That sounds right. So yeah, I know if a- Apple released its own smart TV that was 4K, I'd feel differently. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Side note: If you are buying an Apple TV. 
I really don't think you need the 128 gigabytes. I'm someone who, when it comes to the phone, is really an advocate for getting a higher storage limit so that your phone, you can keep more stuff on, you don't have to manage your storage. But when it comes to the Apple TV, most content is streamed, not downloaded. Mm. So I think you're totally fine having less storage on your Apple TV device. So we've covered now that Apple announced a new Apple Watch Series 3 and a 4K Apple TV. And in a minute, we're going to go over the new iPhones with you. We want to take a quick break and tell you about our second sponsor for the episode, GoBuddy. So our second sponsor is GoBuddy. If you're watching it, I'm going to hold it up right now. And this is a really cool product. Basically, if you're someone that uses Apple's EarPods or AirPods, you may notice they don't always stick in your ear very well, especially if you're using them to work out, anything like that. Mm -hmm. So what these do is they basically have uh, this bendable rubber loop that attaches to your EarPods or AirPods, and there's an ear buddy for each. Uh, and what it does is it wraps around your ear and secures the ear pod or AirPod to your head so that you can work out or even if you're just using it around town. It's a nice secure fit. It's really comfortable. It's flexible rubber so it fits to anybody's head and it's really reasonably priced. I always say the prices of things and get them wrong. I think it's $9.99. I know that it's under $10. Under $10. Yeah. <laughs> that we can I, safely say. I like that they work with both the EarPods and the AirPods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I've definitely had times when I've had to use my uh, my EarPods to work out, and they didn't stay in my ear well. And it's exciting to know that I can steal those from you, David, and not have that problem anymore. Yes, yeah. you can. Um, and especially if you are someone who is going to get the AirPods uh, and with the new Apple Watch, you can sync it and exercise with it. Right. They had a point. really cool commercial where this guy was like flipping around on his um, on his skateboard, and I was sitting there watching that, being like, "That guy needs an ear buddy." <laughs> yeah, <it> really. <laughs> in right? real life, it would have fallen out. <laughs> yeah, I know. And with AirPods, especially, they're almost two hundred dollars. So if you bought them, you really don't want to lose them. Yeah, and you right. want to be able to use them exercising. You don't want them to fall out of your ear. And so this is a really great solution for both AirPods and earbuds. Awesome. If you go to iPhoneLife.com slash podcast, we have our blog post for today's episode and we'll have links to our sponsors if you're interested in those products. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So now we want to get into the iPhone 8, 8 Plus and iPhone 10. There's a (laughs) lot of iPhones to cover here. Um, One thing I didn't mention at the beginning of the episode is that this is Apple's 10th anniversary iPhone release. And that's part of the reason we're seeing so many new products. Um, a lot of the pundits have been speculating for a couple of years that Apple was kind of holding out on us in terms mm-hmm. of exciting new features. I mean, there's always exciting new features with each new iPhone, but wireless charging is an example of a feature that it seems like Apple could have added a while ago. Android's had that for probably two or three years at least. Yeah. yeah. So this felt like Apple had been holding back a little bit and then they really wanted to make a splash with the 10th anniversary of the iPhone, of Steve Jobs releasing the original iPhone and really do something to commemorate that and uh, to also show that Apple still has its mojo. And it did mm-hmm. really feel like they delivered in this announcement. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I said earlier, we we knew there was that big leak and we knew really like down to the names of the I phones know. what was going to be released. It was still really exciting to watch the yeah. announcement. 
I feel yeah, like there's too, a lot of new stuff. Even though, of course, we're big fans of Apple, we tend to kind of watch these events with a little bit of cynicism because Apple just so hypes things up. And yeah. this year, it was impressive. I think we all kind of dropped our cynicism at some point and just were impressed at the cool new technology. <laughs> right. Definitely. And there is definitely an argument to be made that some of these features – you know, they're not completely new features like mm-hmm. wireless charging. Other devices have it. But if you are into the Apple ecosystem, it really makes sense to stay in it just because the experience is so great. I'm, so having these yeah. new features that you know are going to be done well because Apple prioritizes that is still exciting. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about as far as the wireless charging goes. They were showing a wireless charging pad that you could charge your phone and your Apple Watch and your AirPods on all together. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. And then you really sh- it cool. showed up with a notification showing you everything that was charging on your screen of your phone. Uh-huh. That's and, so cool. And what yeah. was particularly cool about that, the example they used, is for CarPlay. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you can just wirelessly dock, quote unquote, dock your device. You just put it on a pad and it'll sync with CarPlay. So you don't have to like sit there and have a cable in your car and plug it in. And it's such a uh, hassle. Yeah, I know. And then also having it charging is so nice. Yes, exactly. Um, So to break out a little bit what you know, we, you know, we've told you that there are these devices, but not what is included with each one. The iPhone 8 and 8 Plus are uh, more kind of what you'd expect from an S update. Mm -hmm. Usually this would have been the 7S and 7S Plus, but it looks like Apple might be dropping that naming convention. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah. Thank God, except for I'm thoroughly confused to have an 8 and a 10, but that's okay. Yeah, it is a little weird. Um, So these devices come in silver, space gray, and a new gold finish that has a bit of a warmer hue than usual, Mm -hmm. a little you know, but real, actually, the blush. iPhone 10 only comes in silver and space gray. Yeah, there's no yes. gold for the 10. It was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. The 8 and 8 Plus, they have a glass back. Uh-huh. Um, and I have no idea why Apple did that. I mean, uh, it is for the, the wireless charging. It's for the wireless, wireless charging. charging, yeah. So I guess it makes sense. And they, they did say something about how they took these extra steps to make it really strong. But it's like still glass I'm so it's a little skeptical of that yeah I, yeah i'm gonna have a really like strong probably otterbox case on my phone until um until i see yeah. how well other people's phones are yeah. standing up to yeah. this they called it the most durable glass ever but it's like still, still glass. Glass. Is that saying much yeah. yeah and then they have a retina hd display uh true tone which is sort of the white balancing feature that the ipad I mean, pro has but that's that's the iphone 10 no, this is, um, is it, oh, yeah, is it this the... is the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus right now I'm still talking about. Oh, okay. Um, 25% louder speakers, this new, they're calling it the Bionic chip, the A11, and this is the same chip that's in the uh, iPhone 10 and 8 and 8 Plus. They all have that same chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, the iPhone 8 Plus has an addition to portrait mode, which if you don't already know this, the iPhone 7 Plus has a special dual camera feature that um, allows you to take depth of field photos so you can take a nice portrait of someone and it blurs the background using a software trick um and now with portrait lighting that you're able to identify the subject of the photo and use different lighting effects so you can right. it's kind like of, fill in shadows make it more it, flattering it's meant to replicate like studio lighting professional camera lighting and nice. i think it also works better because one of the things i love my portrait mode but it works terribly in low light and you kind of mm-hmm. have to have just the right perfect conditions you have to be the right distance away and you have to have the right light and then it looks great but what this they implied that it works better in low light and it wor- works just a little bit better overall 
Yeah, and I also feel like having studio lighting or trying to replicate that, like Sarah said, is really nice because when you're taking portraits of people, most likely how flattering the photo is is important. You know, people want to have pictures of themselves that look nice. Yeah. And so if you have something with a bunch of shadows on your face, it can make you look a lot older. It... You know, it's just not good. And so the fact that they've taken that step, I'll, I'll be more likely to take pictures of friends and family in that mode because I know they'll be happier mm-hmm. with the outcome. Right. I've actually been incredibly happy with portrait mode. I think we've discussed before that I am not, like, a talented photographer. But portrait mode... <laughs> you just take mode, great photos, Sarah. Portrait mode really makes me look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and so I'm excited to look even better. I mean, one of the yeah. things I was going to talk about in this podcast until we... It was a super sized, you know, podcast for the announcement. Was that I recently went to a wedding and I took a bunch of photos and used the portrait mode, and they came out so well. Really? I mean, it cool. really makes a big difference to the point where I have another friend who's getting married soon, and he's like, "Can you? I have a photographer, but can you also just come and take photos?" That's like it, the biggest compliment. It was cool, but honestly, like it was the fo- it was the camera. Like I took all the same photos everyone else took. I just had a better camera, uh, so that was cool. That's, that's great. Cool. Oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, the portrait lighting, that's a new a- addition that the 8 Plus users get. It's also in the iPhone 10, But if you get the iPhone 8, you don't have portrait mode at all. Um, augmented reality, that's something that Apple really focused on when they released uh, when during WWDC in June. And augmented reality, really Apple released AR Kit. And this is more of a software thing where you can in apps you can superimpose digital images in the real world through your camera view um i don't know that was probably a terrible description of what <laughs> augmented reality is but you know no, pokemon go nobody right, guys? knows what it is <laughs> it's a seemingly useless feature that maybe somebody found a cool use for but i haven't found a cool use for it <laughs> yeah um well, so Apple seems really excited about they're augmented excited, reality. Yeah. And they, well, there's some really cool gaming uses beyond yeah. Um, yeah. beyond Pokemon Go. Our gamers in the office seemed really excited. Mm-hmm. Yes, very excited. Um, but anyways, so the, the new cameras in the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus are optimized for augmented reality. And the new Bionic chip is also optimized for augmented reality. So things will look cooler in augmented oh, reality yeah. if you have one of the new phones. All of the phones have wireless charging, so that's really exciting. You know, you mm-hmm. don't have to get the iPhone 10 to get that. And surprisingly, Apple is not using a proprietary system. So if you have basically any certified wireless charger already, that should work. Yeah, which is and, really exciting. And if you're out and about and the place where you are happens to offer wireless charging, you can use it. You know, mm-hmm. that's very handy it's as well. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, Another cool but really basic thing is they've moved the base model up to 64 gigabytes. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. But they did raise the price of the base model, so trade-offs. <laughs> yeah, so the but base then model is compared to the iPhone 10, you're still feeling like you're getting a good deal, yeah. I guess. I've got the iPhone 8 starting at 699. Is that yeah? The, yeah. the base model for 32 gig for the iPhone 7, I'm pretty sure it was 649. So it's oh, like that's $50. right. Yeah. Okay. I knew it was six something. So yeah. I didn't, it didn't like yeah. it. Kind of flew by me. That's which what they just, were trying. Yeah. That's what they were hoping for. <laughs> I fell for it. The 8 Plus starts at 799. Uh, so that's pretty much a, a summary of the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus. Uh, pre-orders start the 15th of September, and then you can start buying the device on the 22nd. Let's talk about the 10. Let's talk about the 10. All right, guys. Who wants to start? Um, who? Well, about telling about the 10? Yeah. 
10, well, the biggest thing, of course, is the screen. It's edge-to-edge display. Uh, so mm-hmm. that means you don't have a home button, but and it also means you don't have any of the kind of bezel or black screen. All right. Well, there's like a bottom. little teeny little, a tiny bit for the sensors. Of, yeah, yeah, at the top. I don't. I can't remember what they were calling it, but um, but yeah, it's impressive. And it's an yeah. it's an OLED display. I did a little research because I gave you guys such a sciency explanation <laughs> last time. I thought I'd come in and one-up myself to give you a little bit even more sciency explanation. All right, let's hear it. I was pretty close last time. So basically, an LED is a type of light that uh, that they use in the display, and it's a little bit too big to light an individual pixel. So what it does is it's a backlight, and then you have pixels in front of it that display the color. Uh, and so... OLED is smaller, thinner, more flexible. And so what it does, because it's smaller, you can have an individual light per pixel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but it is a really big deal. It, make, it allows you to have more vibrant colors. And it also means that when you have a pixel that's supposed to be black, it's a true black. So instead of having what you end up with an LED, you have the pixel displaying black, but behind it you have backlight that actually leaks through a little bit. And so you don't have the same range of color, the same co- right. color contrast. And so you don't have as great as good colors. The other main major advantage of OLED uh, is that it takes less battery. And mm-hmm. so it, that's that I'm part of in. why they are doing this is they're able to have a, a better color, uh, and use less battery. Uh, the downside, primarily, is that it's really expensive. What I've heard is that, in terms of manufacturing, the LED screens that Apple was using was about they're paying Samsung about fifty dollars. They're paying Samsung like one hundred and twenty, one hundred and thirty dollars yeah, for what these I read o- too. O- OLED displays. So more expensive, which is why, of course, we're paying more for the phone, especially when you figure if it if Apple's paying $120 for that, then they have to make their markup and then Verizon has to make their markup. So you're paying like, you know, four or 500 bucks just for that stupid display. Right. <laughs> um, so but that's the difference. And it's important to spend a little time on it because that really is the major difference between the 10 and the uh, 8 is the display. The other thing, though, that makes that display so cool, because it's edge-to-edge, what you're able to do, we were just looking at this, is more or less have the iPhone 8 form factor, so it's a smaller form factor, with the iPhone 8 Plus size screen. Or even bigger. Or even bigger. It's a 4.8-inch screen. 5.8, right? Yeah, sorry, 5.8-inch screen. The Plus model is... Uh, 5.5 inches but it's about the size of the of the eight yes i know i totally almost the same size like apple didn't from what i could see really emphasize that that much during the announcement so you know until you get hands-on with it you wouldn't really realize that but i'm so glad we spent some time looking at the specs of this because i love my iphone 7 plus but it is sort of unwieldy at times especially mm-hmm. like using an iphone 7 plus with an armband for working out it's like it's huge i, I know it's so ridiculous. have but i love oh, the screen shoot. and i just got rid of my smaller armband too. <laughs> <laughs> you have to ask for that back yeah so like um being able to have that display where it's appealing to watch movies and all of that but have the form factor of the eight i feel like is a huge deal well and yeah. a lot of people didn't want the seven plus because of the bigger form factor yeah but the camera is extraordinary like it's That's really impressive 
Yeah. And so having a smaller form factor, not only with the same size screen or a little bit bigger as the 7 Plus, but also with the two cameras, you are to some degree getting the best of both worlds. Now, I'm... Yeah. I'm the one who's taking the side that you shouldn't update. We're about to do a debate on this, so yeah. I'm I'm already undermining my own arguments. But yeah, this is this is the argument for why it's so cool. Okay, it's so really another cool. thing. What about Face ID? Oh, good yes. point. So, so there's no button. Go ahead. There's Sarah. no home button because it's a you know the display takes up the whole thing, and instead of having some weird on-screen home button, they just they added some of the home button functionalities to the sleep-wake button, like activating Siri and Apple Pay. And then the rest of it is going to be, like, instead of Touch ID, you're going to have Face face ID, um, which is, I don't know what any of these mean. I don't even know if Apple knows what they mean. But there's going to be a neural engine, R&R, Bionic <laughs> A11 chip that's going to be able to recognize your face even in the dark. Um, as they pointed out, if you have an evil twin, you might want to just use a really good, you know, password. good password code instead. But... Um, <laughs> And you'll be able, just like with Touch ID, this will have third-party support. My so. best friends are twins, so I'm so curious to see if yeah, how, they, I how this would work it. with them. I want to test it. They're identical twins, too. So, yeah. Sorry, Sarah. Carry on. I have no trouble telling them apart. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, and if I can, then I'm sure Face ID can. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then and that will also change how you, um, since there's no home button, and you will swipe up to go to the home page, whether from the the lock screen or from within an app and so it'll it'll change the control center now you'll swipe down so it'll change how you use your your phone in those mm-hmm. ways mm-hmm. um but i think that's really worth it to have a 4.8 inch screen uh, sorry 5.8 inch screen <laughs> in a you know a smaller phone it's exciting it one yes, of the things i thought I was interesting and i liked was i expected them to have a digital home button like i expected them to have a home button that you would press even though it wasn't a physical button mm-hmm. but instead they replaced the functionality with different je- gestures mm-hmm. and i thought that was a good way to go i like that it felt a lot more natural watching someone navigate the phone than pretending there's a button on the bottom of your phone when there's not yeah, yeah. i thought it was interesting Wait, what were the yeah. gestures well to multi uh to go to the home button i think you swipe down to multitask you swipe up from the bottom I, I'm, right, I, yeah. I haven't quite wrapped my head around it but there were a lot of different gestures to that you would use instead of what used to be the home button usage right right now right. i'm remembering that there's, there's one more thing i want to talk about that's the camera like yes. the selfie portrait mode yes that was the See, other big selling with the factor portrait mode, the... you have to have a certain distance from your subject which means you know like you have to be like something like eight, eight feet, feet away yeah but you know so clearly that in the past that has not worked for selfies but now um they've made it possible to take portraits like mode selfies and you have the same control over the lighting effects that you do that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. so you can take some really if, if selfies are important to you the iphone 10 is going to up your selfie game in a <laughs> way you never imagined before and also there is a really <laughs> horrifying and creepy thing with like these sort of like animated selfie emojis. Oh yeah, that, um, they were I feel awesome. like <laughs> Apple was having a heyday with these. Yeah, I just I don't understand. Maybe they just stay up too late working on these phones, and they come up with these ideas, and they seem like a good idea at like three in the morning. But it was creepy. I secretly yeah. really thought it was awesome. So I you can tell the... David will be sending those. To oh me. yeah. Oh yeah. yay! Thanks, David. So you use the selfie camera 
um, and basically say what you want to say or make the face you want to make and either record video or take a photo and choose which weird little creature you want to be, whether it was like a puppy like or a poop on my emoji. <laughs> yeah. They were all different emojis. So you had like a dog, you had like a unicorn, uh, a unicorn which was awesome, a monkey. One of our writers here was like, from now on, I'll only speak in poop emoji. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it basically makes this little character mimic the facial expressions you're saying yeah and it was definitely silly funny. but it was fun yeah i they thought it was on the right side of fun as opposed to a lot of the messaging fit features were, or like the heart rate year, like the, which when the they're like and then you can send your pulse to yeah. someone and it's like that's never creepy. gonna use yeah. that all right so those we've really now you guys know what the iphone 8 and plate and 8 plus have to offer and the iphone x so or, sorry 10 it just looks like an X. Yeah. Um, so now we're ready to get into our debate. Um, we're having our yearly debate. And this, we first wanted to talk about the premise a little bit because it's sort of a narrow thing we're debating and you might be exploring other options outside of what we're saying. The debate's whether if you are planning to up- upgrade, should you get the iPhone 8 or 8 Plus or should you pay that extra money and get the iPhone 10? Now, you may not be considering either of those you may mm-hmm. be wanting to get the iphone 7 so before we started we wanted to address that a little bit and help you out if you are trying to also decide between the 7 or 7 plus so um you mean david i know has some sticking thoughts. with the 7 or updating to the 8 yeah mm-hmm. or, or like you might have a six. On the 6 and maybe right. yeah, the seven. so real quick let's just recap everything here and part of why we're trying to narrow the framework of this debate is Apple's lineup has gotten a little confusing. There's a lot of different devices. So here's what we have. We have the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus are still being offered at what price? Help me out here. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I'll have to look online. I want to say they are being offered at 600 or 649, something like that. Um, Like $100 cheaper than the 8? Yeah, I think that's right. We can correct that. In okay, the, we in will the have to double notes. check. They, It'll be cheaper. <laughs> just a side note: we're doing this podcast half an hour after the announcement, so yeah. we're still kind of wrapping our head around all this too. Yeah. Um. So you can get the iPhone Seven and Seven Plus cheaper. You can get the iPhone Eight and Eight Plus for I think it's about the six ninety nine is the start price 699, on the eight. Okay. Seven ninety nine is the start price on the eight plus. Okay. Uh, and the difference between the seven and the eight is that the 8 has the wireless back, so you can have, sorry, it has the glass back, which allows for wireless charging, has a faster processor. Uh, I think they did a slight upgrade to the camera, but nothing very major. Anything else? Those would seem to me to be the biggest upgrades. Yeah, I think those were, yeah, a better processor. Better processor, better, wireless More charging. augmented reality ready if you're yeah. into gaming. Um, so that's the difference. The difference between the 8 in the 8 plus because this is something people get confused about every year the 8 plus is bigger it has two cameras so it has Mm -hmm. a bigger screen it has two cameras on the back and the two cameras in the back take much better photos like we were saying and you have the bigger screen but it's a bigger form factor and it costs an extra hundred dollars finally we have the iphone 10 which is the same form factor as the iphone 8 uh but so that means it's it's smaller but it has the nicer camera. It has the full edge-to-edge display. It has, has the biggest display of all iPhones. Yeah, it has a much better display because it's OLED, and it has the glass back. 
Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good summary. Okay. So if you don't care about wireless charging, you don't, you're not too crazy about augmented reality yet or just don't need it to have like the best possible renderings as, as it can be. And you don't care about portrait selfies or I in mean, general yeah, portrait mode. You mo- can't do those with the, if we're talking about whether you should upgrade just to the seven and save some yeah. money uh-huh. or to the eight. Um, you know, there's no portrait selfie mode on the 8 and 8 plus anyway. Yeah. In my mind, there's a pretty compelling case to be made for if you aren't going to the 10 to sticking with your 7. It's a pretty right. comparable phone. Now, every year we have these debates and every year I make the argument that the thing that matters most and gets the least amount of attention is the processor. Making your phone faster really makes your life better in a hundred different ways, a hundred times a day. Uh, so that is a factor. It is important. It does have a much faster processor. Mm-hmm. But that being said, the 7, 7 Plus are great phones. They have perfectly fast processors already. So there is a case to be made for sticking with that. And I want to acknowledge that up front because it is important to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm using the iOS 11 beta on my 7 Plus, and it's, and it works fine. it's going really well, yeah. Great. So, yeah, that helps preface it that the 7 is still a great option. But now let's jump into our debate. Yes. So, Sarah is taking the side of the argument she would like to buy the iPhone 10. She thinks that that's the right decision. David here is going to make the argument for why you should not update to the 10 and you should go for the 8 or 8 Plus. At this office, we're all getting the iPhone 10, probably. So please don't send us emails. Every year, we get emails by people <laughs> thinking, "How could you not get the You're latest to be phone? Experts here. You're supposed to be writing about this. We're gonna get the latest phones. Yeah, we're talking about for you all whether you should upgrade. <laughs> and I also wanted. We also get angry emails of being like, "Why would you not recommend the best phone? Like the iPhone 10 is the best phone." Uh, but if you don't need those features, yeah, is it right for you is the conversation and that depends on your lifestyle. That depends on your budget. So we're going to, that's why we're going to have this debate, but don't send us angry emails or send us angry emails, but don't get angry that we're not getting the phones. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, um, I feel we, we kind of unpacked this already a little bit, but Sarah, what does the iPhone 10 get you that makes it worth spending that extra money the biggest possible screen with a smaller size and just way better selfies <laughs> i mean what was the future I mean, of the iphone the 10 that you were most excited about like if there was one thing was there one thing that made you say hey i want this i mean really i think it's the screen it's bigger it's the quality is so much better and but the size of the phone is smaller. It's just, I mean, that's a huge thing. I mean, mm-hmm. the selfies are great, but a lot of people don't care about selfies. Do you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I care a lot about selfies, but I'm trying to, like, acknowledge that not everyone does. I do yeah. think just to make the case for selfies, even though I'm on the other side of this debate, uh, so when you're on vacation and you want to take a photo and you don't have anyone around and you and your friend are in front of a nice statue or nice scenery – it is a nice format for taking a photo. In other words, selfies, we talk about selfies a lot is kind of what teenagers send to each other. But like, I think most people take selfies these days, even people who aren't teenage girls. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like selfies are unfairly hated on. Yes. 
Well, and kind of fairly, but they have a value. No, I mean, they do. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm in a long-distance relationship, and so I might just take a picture of myself with my dinner and be like, hey, this is what I'm doing right now with my day. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. They have sweet. a value. They have a value. So, David, what for you is your main reason for arguing that the 8 or 8 plus are just fine and you don't need to get the 10? Money. (laughs) I mean, like I said, let's call it what it is. The 10 is the better phone. Nobody's going to argue that the 8 is a better phone. Mm -hmm. But Sarah summed it up well. The advantage of the 10 is a nice screen. And if you're somebody who watches a lot of movies, that's great. Uh, If you're somebody who really appreciates color contrast on photos, that's great. But I think the the screen on the iPhone 8 is just fine. And so... If you don't particularly care about having the latest and greatest screen, it's a lot of money to spend. So both the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus and the iPhone 10 have wireless charging. This, you know, if this weren't the case, we might be having a different conversation right now. Does this, David, how much of a purchase decision do you think wireless charging is for people? You know, I have a feeling most people won't necessarily purchase because of it. But that being said, I think it is really an exciting feature. And it's a feature that's going to be more and more exciting over time. Mm -hmm. Because what the wireless charging does is allows for a universal solution that is the most convenient solution. So right now, for example, if you're at a hotel, they don't have anything with a lightning cable built in because some people have Android, some people have iPhones, and so you don't have a a universal solution. This allows for a universal solution at airports, at hotels, everywhere you go. Plus, it is the most convenient solution. So when you're in your car, you don't have to fuss with the cable. If you're at home and you have an iPad, you have an iPhone, you have an Android tablet, you have a Kindle, if moving forward everything becomes wireless charging, you can charge them all on the same charging pad. So I'm I think it'll excited about that. Yeah, I think it'll be great. I think most people don't particularly care about the charging cable. Like I think if you asked me if I was willing to pay an extra hundred fifty dollars for this feature today, I don't know that I care that much. I hear a lot from our readers that, that this is a feature they really, really want. Okay. Yeah. I mean it's definitely cool. I'm definitely excited about it. I don't know if it'll be a purchase decision or not. We'll see. Yeah, it's definitely not a purchase decision when it comes to should you get one of the eight models or should you get the iPhone ten because they both have they it. They both have it, which is nice. Okay, so one of the biggest things I've been hearing you guys say is that the iPhone ten costs more. David's saying that's the biggest reason you should not buy the iPhone ten, even though it's the best device. Mm-hmm. How would you counter that, Sarah? Because it's the best device and it's <laughs> worth it. I mean, the screen, I mean, you know, if your hands are smaller, or just trying to fit that bigger phone because you want that screen real estate of a plus model in your pocket, that like having the biggest screen an iPhone has in a phone that's the size of an iPhone 7 or 8 is huge. And, and also, it has the best camera. It has the best camera. You're, I'm supposed to be yeah, making these arguments, David. And, <laughs> and the screen quality, like the OLED and the true tone i mean they're calling it super retina but apple always has to get a little carried away with its names but Mm -hmm. you know it's a really like the best quality like the most pixels the best pixels (laughs) you know this screen is out of this world it's worth it it's a you know if you really don't care about your screen quality which is would be surprising but also think about the fact that with the face id 
when you pick your phone up, you don't even have to fuss with trying to get Touch ID to work or it just unlocks because it sees your face. You know, See, it's to me, that's actually an argument in my favor because Touch ID, we know, works well. We know mm-hmm. the home button works well. We're I all like used ID, to yeah. using it. And so I am and a that little worried. from one generation to yeah, the next. Yeah, I am a little bit worried about the accuracy of Face ID. I'm worried that it'll work easily and quickly and work every time. And I'm worried about having to relearn a user interface that does not have a home button. Because how many times a day do you tap your home button on a normal screen? Uh, I mean, you're going to have to learn that eventually, David, because you know that these improvements, they're coming. They're they're, coming for me. They're coming for all the phones eventually. Yeah, but maybe I should wait until I don't have to pay so much for that privilege of learning it. It does seem like, so David, are you saying there's a strong argument to be made when the new technology comes out to wait for the next generation until it's been perfected and also for some of those kinks to be worked out. Uh, yes, exactly. And I think that if all things being equal and they were the same price, I wouldn't wait because it is cool to have an edge edge display. But having a reliable phone that uh, is cheaper, I know how it works. It has a home button. I'm used to it. There are advantages to that. Uh, now, what you're doing is you're having to either carry around a bigger form factor or a sm- or not have all the features. So there, of course, is trade-offs in addition to the not having a nice yeah, screen. Yeah, you're not but- saving as much money as you think because if you want, say, the portrait mode and stuff, you have to get the 8 Plus anyway, mm-hmm. and then you're carrying a bigger phone, and you are paying more, maybe not as much as the 10, but you are paying more. And so it's not as big a savings. It's not as great a phone because it doesn't have the edge-to-edge, you know, higher-quality mm-hmm. display. And... So I, I just think if those if you care at all about the types of photos you take, like the quality, and it's really a significant difference, then you might as well just go for it. You might as well take full advantage of it. We have to, we have to acknowledge this is significant that Sarah's taking this side of the argument because the last two years, Sarah's been sort of like, I'm not that yeah. excited. It's not worth it to, be, to upgrade to the highest And she's been saying, end. I'm waiting for the 10, so, so I'm glad she's following through. So for her to say... <laughs> that you should buy into all the Apple hype, you know, maybe you should listen to her. But before we wrap up this argument, <laughs> hey, I wanted to talk... don't sway them. <laughs> yeah. I want to win this. <laughs> before we wrap this up, I wanted to quickly address battery life uh-huh. and durability. Now there are, you know, we can talk about whether there are differences in these devices, but I know those are big things that people worry about when trying to decide which iPhone to buy. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Each of you can make your argument. David, let's start with you in terms of durability and battery life, why you should get the 8 or 8 Plus. I mean, this takes us back to the original argument. I think there is a case to be made for buying the 7 Plus, which is cheaper than uh, the 8 Plus and has the metal back. I'm nervous about the glass back. And you're going to have to have a case on it. And it it remains to be seen how wireless charging works with a case. I'm a little worried about that as well. So if we're talking durability, uh, the 7 wins, hands down. Uh, but they're saying it's stronger glass. If you have a case, you you should be okay. I uh, would. You'd imagine would there's going to be cases that would allow you to wireless charge. Yes, that's I would think so. I would say if you're not just going to get a seven or seven plus or stick to the seven or seven plus you already have, that's why I think another reason to also go with the ten if because you're gonna upgrade, upgrade it's the smaller. 10. You know, cases, especially protective ones. 
add a great deal of bulk and so at least you'll have the smaller phone mm-hmm. and so it won't end up being quite as huge <laughs> well, i don't know that sounded pretty strong david so you you talked about durability uh you're saying the eight and eight plus don't seem that durable i think what about battery life or ba- sorry, well there well no i mean i i i think it'll be durable i think you have to protect it it's all phones are fragile. <laughs> uh, but I think the 7 and 7 Plus seem a little more durable. Uh, in terms of battery life, they said that the 10 has better battery life, but I'm a little bit skeptical uh, because they didn't give us any real specs in terms of battery size. Uh, and so I don't know. You know. Well, didn't they also say that some of the functions on the um, on the iPhone 10 were going to take up more batteries, so therefore they put a better better battery in, but that might end up be being sort of like a wash. Yeah, and especially because normally they spend a really long time going over all the battery details, and this time they're sort of like, it'll be great, and and, and they didn't go into it much. So I'm a little skeptical. I certainly let's put it this way: I wouldn't buy the 10 because it has a better battery life. I think it'll no. likely be an equivalent battery life, maybe marginally better, but not. I don't think it'll be I'm pretty a big happy. Difference. I mean, I'm pretty happy with the battery life I currently yeah, have. I agree. So I'm I'm not upset about that. And on the on the plus with the wireless well with the wireless charging too, it's very easy to just lay your phone down and and because it's not attached to a, a cable, it is easy to pick it up and put it back down. Mm-hmm. You know, I often charge my phone while I'm working because I'm not I do actually use my phone for work. But I'm not like constantly on my phone, mm-hmm. and so there's plenty of opportunities for it to just be juicing up while I'm getting work done. That's a good point, but that's a pl- that's a pro for both the um, eight models as well as the iPhone yeah. ten. Yeah. So when it comes to durability and battery life, why should you get the iPhone ten? I I don't. I mean, it has a surgical grade steel around the edges instead <laughs> of aluminum, but I'm not convinced that makes it more durable. I don't think that that is an argument one way or the other. I think okay. that's. We'll we'll just have to see what people's experiences are with their iPhones, but I think that's a concern for all of these models. I think it right. I think it comes. It does. It's not a big factor. I think they're all about equal in terms of durability and battery life. It really comes down to the screen. Do you want a big screen or not do you big, want to pay but for really a big high screen? quality? Yeah. Do you want a really <laughs> great high quality selfies? screen and, and selfies? <laughs> And how much do you care about emojis? If you care about emojis, vote for Sarah. (laughs) Are you guys ready to hear who I think wins this argument? Drum roll, (laughs) Sarah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. You know, part of it is, David, I feel like your heart wasn't in it. I know. I am totally going out and buying the 10. (laughs) At one point, I heard David jump in to help Sarah with her side of the argument. Just no, I actually thought of some arguments in favor of the eight, but I didn't Go say ahead, them. say them now. Okay, yeah, now would be the time. I don't forever. even remember them. Oh, okay. okay. Clearly so, the 10 wins, you know, if I can't even remember yeah, arguments we, against it. We do this debate because we understand there are pros and cons, and we understand that this is a big purchase decision. It's expensive, and there really yeah. are reasons to get the eight. There are reasons to not necessarily go all in on the 10 Definitely. or to wait till next year when it might be cheaper. I mean, and okay, each so person thing, has their own priorities. One thing I, okay, here's an argument in favor of the 8 and the 8 Plus, Okay, let's especially hear it. because David is saying that you, know, you don't know how well Face ID is going to... Yeah gonna work is you're gonna have to get a new case yeah and those protective cases are expensive you can continue using whatever Mm -hmm. case you have as long as you get the same like plus model or regular model and 
So that's a way you're saving even more money. And I that's don't like think really that 64 gigs is enough. So I think you have to get the 250 gig. Plus, you have to get a new case. Thank you, sir. This is a really good line of argument. I should See, take. I would have won other ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and so between those two, you're really looking at $1,200. It's just a lot of money. It's, it's just a lot You of could money. buy yeah. a, a nice, really nice laptop for that much. You could do a round trip ticket to Europe. Although, two people, although I, actually, I actually disagree, though, that 64 gigabytes isn't good enough. Um, I think that for a lot of people, power users, it's not good enough. But I actually bought the 128 gigabyte model of the 7 Plus because I didn't want to make that mistake of not having enough storage. And I haven't hit 64. Really? Well, Even without you had ever get, deleting apps or photos. The Sarah reason you had to get the 128 gigabyte, and that's the reason I did as well, is because they only had 32 and, then and 128. Yeah. yeah. And currently I'm at 65 gigabytes, but in iOS 11, which I have the beta of, there's actually a place you can go where it shows you not only what is using up your iPhone storage, it says if you do this, you change this setting, you can save this many gigabytes. Yeah. And so so I was looking at that and just in two categories, I could save, you know, like over, like over 30 gigabytes, which means I could easily get below 32 gigabytes of storage. Because I'm at like 80 gigabytes. And so that's why I'm, I'm skeptical, but Mm -hmm. I also, because I have uh, 126, I just haven't put any attention on it. So maybe I could clear it out pretty quickly. Right. I'm pretty sure I could more than I could probably get down into the 20s in terms of gigabytes of storage capacity I'm using. Um, yeah. So basically like Apple's base storage models for these devices now might be good enough for it's you. It's a finally realistic amount yeah. of base it's storage. Yeah. God, they killed the 32. I think they're acknowledging that people use their phones for so much now that it's 16 gigabytes is not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. kidding. So uh, this has been a lot of fun. This has been a fun day in general. I yeah. feel like for everybody who likes Apple products, this has been definitely um, one of the most exciting announcements we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. It was fun. And question of the day, which one are you guys going to buy? Are you going to stick with your 7 are you gonna get, or 7 Plus? Are you going to upgrade to the 8 or 8 Plus? Or are you going to upgrade to the 10? So send yeah. us an email at podcast at iphonelife.com. I'm really curious to hear what you guys think. Also, side comment from last episode Everybody emailed us and said that they use Safari. Right, that and was for the same reason that Donna and I use it, which is that we like, are—it's just there. It's, it's there. It's the default, yeah. and we haven't yeah. changed it. <laughs> yeah, and it made me feel a little bit better about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks, Thanks everyone. everybody. <laughs>